Welcome to Cold Pizza. My name is Jeff. I'm a pastor here at Christ the Lord Church in Dayton, Ohio. And this is our weekly podcast where we take the opportunity to squeeze out every last bit we can from the proclamation of God's Word on Sunday. It's our chance to sit down with the preacher and to tackle any further questions, applications, or other bites of leftover crust to chew on that didn't quite make it into the main meal. So grab a slice and join us this week with Pastor Russell. Cowabunga. Cowabunga. Pizza. I see the connection. <laughs> hey. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Things are a little nuts in my life right now, but it's been exciting. Yeah, you're going to move and... Yeah, we finally got past closing, which was where all the crazy stuff is. I do not envy you. You do? I do not. You do not? No, it should not. Now, we're excited about what's to come, but like, it's been a trip. <laughs> yeah, man. I um, I mean, I envy in some ways, in a good way, the um, place you're moving. You got some land, mm-hmm. but I just want land so I can have a horse again. I guess the last animal that will ever be on my land. Can I just put one like in a field somewhere uh, sh- sure okay deal shake on it <laughs> i need i, don't I know got what to do with horses brother i have lots of cowboy boots and no horses right now in my yeah. life i'm a cowboy with no horse that's yeah. a sad thing cowboy boots were meant for riding not walking <laughs> right it's a different song for, exactly for ladies different kind of boots elvis or whoever that was <laughs> elvis okay yeah I'm so not- we should get to it so I don't just keep talking and talking and talking. Our sermon this week was titled The Great Reward from Hebrews 11 verses 5 and 6. Really, you focused a lot of your time just on verse 6. That's where the application is. Uh, I pulled back the Genesis for most of uh, verse 5. Yeah. Um, what is the uh, the feelings running around in your heart and the thoughts running around in your head in the aftermath of preaching? Sundays are are a long day for us. I mean, I uh, everyone knows that pastors only work on Sunday, so exactly, yeah, all we do. Now we're just sit around do nothing. (laughs) The way that I prepare sermons, I I, I'm the opposite of Matt. I can't. Matt is like done on Thursday and hangs it up until he kind of reviews it a little bit Sunday morning. Freak of nature. I feel like that's the case. Um, Just starts typing. I think Matt is actually like an AI like robot. Well, I I mean, there's been some accusations. So (laughs) yeah, now I'm not sure Matt knows how to use AI. (laughs) That's okay. It's probably a good thing. so and AI means something else from where he comes from now. So this is true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll let him keep that. But now for me, man, I um, I I I am t- finagling it and tweaking it all the way up until I <laughs> get the sermon. Yeah. I don't. I don't know why. Um, I know what I want to say pretty early in the week for the most part. Yeah. And then it's just kind of a matter of of crafting it and changing the order and. I mean, I I really try to do more of that story narrative style. Mm-hmm. I I, pre- I prefer that. I like that. So trying to get it to to fit that and make sense and make sure that I cover everything and then actually bring it home is is the work of preaching for me. What's the hardest thing for you when it comes to sermon prep? Sermon prep application that's not the, the obvious. Like just generic, general, generic, yeah, like um, specific to the flock among you, specific to the flock, and trying to really like for me because of the frequency that I get to preach, 
I really do try to take more of a philosophical angle to the application mm. of um, I'm not the, the, the jabber that, that Matt is in, in general. And so for me, like the aspect of, you know, talking about how things are anti-human mm. um, or helping us see how uh, faith in anything that's not truth uh, for one, we already talked about is sin, but two is just absolutely not real. And so it has mm. no power. And so something like that kind of angle, then there's lots of room for application for that. in the way that we share our faith, that we engage with lost people, all of those things, uh, that don't have to be like, so when the lights are off and you have your phone in your room, uh, <laughs> right. if you feel like you have to like hide it, this type of things. Right. So taking it and helping us see, like, there's some there's broader application to the game that Satan's up to. If you look through screw tape letters and things like that, it's not page after page of, hey, try to get them on porn. Right. You know, <laughs> there's there's so many different philosophical routes yep. that the enemy will try to take advantage of. Yeah, distract him in the moment of decision with the thought that he's hungry. Mm-hmm. The demon says, like, yeah, oh, it's time for lunch. Exactly. Yeah. Those type of things. That's where I try to take them to. Um, and sometimes I think it lands. Sometimes it doesn't. But hmm. we we sow many seeds. We do. <laughs> yeah. For anybody who's wondering, uh, you should read what, what we're talking about. You should read Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis. Probably a big C.S. Lewis literature fan. Probably my favorite. Really? Yeah. And and I heard I was having a conversation recently with a pastor in. Uh, um, since he, and he was saying that he was reading, and I've read this before, like his hardest book to write, uh, which is crazy because the man has written some things that I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about here. Yeah, well, that stuff's dark, man. But was, yeah, that was the, the point. Um, it was a heavy and dark topic. But yeah, mm-hmm. definitely something that y'all should should get and read. Um, so it's, it's interesting to, to think and see and give people a glimpse, I think, into you know how we prep and how we do these things. What do you find is um, practical applications difficult for sermon prep? What is difficult, like spiritually, for you? <laughs> like what? What are you going through mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically in sermon prep? So I got up at five on Sunday to roast coffee and work on my sermon. Hmm. Um, I don't usually get up at five o'clock. <laughs> I don't know if anyone knows that. Um, that's not my average waking hour. Come on now. Nor close to it. Come on. (laughs) So I was up at five. I prepped, um, looking over my stuff, praying through it, uh, talking through it, all that stuff. Then I go to practice. Uh, I've got to get my family ready. My wife takes a lot of that burden, particularly when I preach, but got to get my family to band practice and we got band practice and weren't able to have it on Thursday. So we have that hour working through that stuff then it's right into teaching old testament and we were in leviticus this week more fun um and it was good uh, a couple good questions too that but then shifting gears into looking through final thing on my sermon up in my office at 10 and then up to play music and then up to preach and then back to play music and mm. and down so it's just it's a long day it's it's a lot going on even when I don't preach, um, you have music and liturgy to, to think through and stuff like that. But so when I am preaching, though, man, it's uh, for me, it's recognizing what role I play in our team of three and trying to make sure that I don't try to be you two mm-hmm. um, to be faithful to, to what I am supposed to do. 
uh, to take our passage and make sure that I'm believing it. And I was, I was really excited about this passage. I, I love verse six. Um, it just resonates really deeply with me. Uh, I spiritually can see when I fail at six, it's because I'm not trusting that he rewards those who seek him. Mm. And if at first glance with a verse like that, and particularly in our culture, you're going, man, how do I keep this sermon from being, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, word of faith. How do I keep this from being health and wealth, uh, yeah, prosperity gospel? It. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, and you know, frankly, that's a, a great question because any rewards that you're seeking that aren't Him clue you into into that pretty quickly. That's true. So it's things like that. So I, I find preaching, and I preach without faith, and this isn't a pleasing sermon to Him, and I'm mm. not drawing near to Him. Mm. He's not going to reward me, and He's not going to reward the right. people right right so this is a big burden when you preach of, of saying particularly as an elder like i was trying to be careful to say hey this is how i do it you can imitate me you should right mm-hmm. he was 13 7 um but at the same time i understand the struggles of of what it is to be distracted to seek other things mm-hmm. to have other lenses jump in front of the christian one yeah and uh yeah, so that that wrestling match of of you know humility with leadership is is difficult. It's mm-hmm. good. When the passage says, "Without faith, it is impossible to please Him," break down quickly before we move on to your main points. Though that that what does it mean? Please Him. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. So it comes specifically from five of that he was commended as having pleased God. Mm. And this is in the same kind of vein thread of um, Abel's sacrifice, right? Mm -hmm. Of being accepted, approved. And so when we look at uh, particularly Jewish tradition, right? And you see the background that they're coming from of, hey, Yom Kippur is here. It's the Day of Atonement. This is the big one, guys. Is it going to be accepted? Right. That is a huge yeah. question for national Israel, right? Yeah. And so for them to then come in and say, hey, this is how you make sure that you know how to, that he'll be pleased, that this is a pleasing sacrifice, that this is a faith uh, that is successful, that is all of those things, right? right? That all of a sudden has a lot bigger weight very quickly. Right. And so... I think for us, it's not just a, it is certainly a uh, good and faithful servant aspect, sure. right? I want to be approved in that sense. Still a Galatians, approved workmen's are not ashamed, right? You're a wanna verse. Yeah, right. Uh, but man, this question of like, hey, is it going, to, is my sacrifice, is my life, is my Yom Kippur <laughs> yeah. going to be acceptable to God? Mm-hmm. Only if it's done by faith. Yeah. I mean, if you throw the blood up at Passover on the door and you do it without faith, is the angel skipping you or not? Mm. Uh, right. <laughs> is the angel of death a legalist? Right. Was that Don Carson <laughs> who said, you know, gave the analogy of the two Israelites putting the blood of the door? One's like, ah, God's going to pass over. I trust in his promises. The other one's like, this is stupid. Yep. But he does it. Mm-hmm. And the angel passes over. Yep. Right. Because again, it, it is not in the quality of your faith, but the object yep. of your faith. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's helpful. I think that we, I think it's important to, to flesh that out a little bit more because how often we jump into 
well, my faith has to be of a certain quality mm-hmm. for God to be pleased um, on one side. And, and then on the other side of that, it can be easy to say, well, my faith is kind of weak, but still God is pleased, right? Mm-hmm. There's a faithfulness that has to be struck yeah. in that. And sometimes I think people can get off. Well, that's why I like the language here of drawing near. Mm-hmm. You know, I, th- that I think, I think you can hide a lot behind the faith word, and we've been trying to tackle that, you know, for for a while. Mm-hmm. Of people who say, "Oh, he's got faith. How, who are you to question his faith?" Right? These right. kinds of, and you can, man, you can throw up some smoke screens with that. Right. But the language of, um, our you said our goal should be to walk with God. Mm-hmm. So, the Old Testament, Enoch walked with God. Mm-hmm. Right. Enoch, right? Yeah. Walk with God. And the pic- even the word picture that brings up in your mind, mm-hmm. right? This is not simply um, the spiritual disciplines or the, the stuff that we know we're supposed to do. When you lay down your Bible, when you walk out from your prayer time, when you walk out from your fasting, then what? Yep. Right? So this, this idea of walking with God means... It's not simply me stating something about faith and then going about my life, mm-hmm. but it's a good word picture for us to to have in our um, in our minds that this is literally walking um, throughout my day in every aspect, in every part, the big ones, the small ones, the exciting one, the mundane ones, mm-hmm. with God. Yeah. And you gave some very like simple and almost like. Um, you know, it made people kind of chuckle at first, but then they were like, mm-hmm. no, I, you're right. Like, that's what we have to do. Like, well, okay, in the morning after I get done reading the scriptures, then I go make breakfast in yeah. a Christianly way. Mm-hmm. I walk with God through that. Yep. And his word and my response in faith to his word dictates what I eat, how much I eat, how I eat, how I serve my family, mm-hmm. how we engage at the table, how I treat my animals, um, how I treat my car and the things that I've been entrusted with in my house. Well, and, and the thing is, is people feel like this is some kind of enigma, and it's not, because they think about some of the other, th- I mean, these are kind of ridiculous, but they end up pointing back, I think, to the Christian one, ultimately. The other monikers that I've taken on for myself to scriptures, right? So I am, people will say, hey, there's Rusty, he's a woodworker. Right. Right? Uh, pretty much everyone in our church knows that. So what does that mean? Well, I approach all of life as a woodworker. Mm. What do you mean? You're not always carrying around the saw. Right. You're right. I'm not always sanding either, although sometimes it feels like that. (laughs) Um, No, when I go places, I notice wood, Mm -hmm. furniture, uh, color, grain, like trees. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Everywhere that I go, I'm in tune with this thing that I have adopted essentially for myself. Right. Mm. And I see these things everywhere. The first time I really noticed this was uh, in college. I was working on the floor crew at the uh, at the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. So when I had to start uh, stripping, waxing, and buffing floors, uh. I was a floorman. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everywhere I went, I'm yep. looking at floors. I'm seeing if the light's reflecting perfectly off of them or if it's time for a, for a buff, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, why am I noticing this everywhere? I don't want to see these things, you know? But when it comes to music, when it comes to wood, when it comes to metal and architecture, when it comes to design, Mm -hmm. when it comes to food 
and drink. Yeah. All of these things that I enjoy, I see everywhere, Hmm. right? For me, those things are reflections of God's creativity and goodness. Uh, There was some discussion, I think, in that group that we were in last week that you mentioned earlier where they were talking about art a little bit. And one of the things that with art and that I've seen in church planting and I've seen in some of those more hipster movements is this artsiness aspect and the fact that they, though, end up becoming very narcissistic, thinking that their art is novel. Every time that they create something, as they image their creator, which is true, mm-hmm. they believe that it's novel, that it's new. It's it's not. Mm-hmm. There's nothing new under the sun. Anytime that I create something, I am imaging my creator, right? Mm-hmm. But it's it's not novel. It's It's iterative, right? Mm-hmm. I'm iterating off of something that God has made. Yeah. And so as I engage with all of these other things that I listed earlier, I'm engaging with what God has made. Yeah. And it that's how I live as a Christian. Mm-hmm. God has things to say about those things. Yeah. It reflects who he is. So I can see God in wood grain. I can see God in good tobacco. I can mm-hmm. see God in good coffee. You yeah. Know? yeah. And that these things not only inform how we live and what I mean in that is that it's not just that God has decreed that we live in this way and so therefore we are supposed to obey but in doing so we proclaim and live out what we believe about the very nature of who God is Mm -hmm. right so and so then you're getting into those who would draw near to God must believe that he exists Mm -hmm. right and you're like I remember you saying in your prep, like, <laughs> I mean, you come to these statements where you're like, that, that says what it says. <laughs> That's pretty clear. You could be like, back in the day when I was a kid, it would be like, duh. Yeah, right? like, for real. <laughs> of course, that, that seems like the most fundamental thing when it comes to the Christian faith. Well, mm-hmm. of course you have to believe that God exists. Yeah. Right? Um, but maybe a little bit deeper, you know, we're teaching through hospitality in my class and um and we're realizing that um it's not simply that god has called us to be hospitable generous generous people mm-hmm. but in doing so we are proclaiming something about the very nature of who god is god is a mm-hmm. communal god god has been hospitable generous to us you know, same thing would be said of biblical gender roles you know biblical anthropology and so it's not simply that God has commanded these things and that these are good or these things that we should obey, but they say something about who God is. So it's, so it's a, even, I would say it's even deeper than to say, oh, I just have to believe that there's a God. That's that general statement of faith that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. But the walking with God and how I walk with God um, shows what I believe to be true about God. Mm-hmm. And whether you actually know him. Right, and act- whether you actually do believe him and know him because God has told us who he is mm-hmm. in his word, mm-hmm. right? And so that's where we can't, we gotta get away from these general statements of, well, of course I believe, right? I yeah. Of course I have faith. And that's why, you know, this has been good to build on over the last, you know, three sermons because... Matt's sermon from verse 1 of Hebrews 11, many people, I think, have taken that and, and simply taken this random idea of faith, kind of a hallmarky mm-hmm. type of a faith, and um, said, oh, I got it, mm-hmm. right? Versus, no, faith is um, 
now walking out what God has commanded, and what does it look like to walk with God? And I hope that, as you said in your sermon, that when, when I die one day, people will say, this man walked with God. Yeah. I'd like that on my tombstone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. This man walked with God. Yeah. What were your thoughts? So in the same vein, as far as like material aspects and, and engaging with God as a Christian, uh, Martin Luther says, allegedly, <laughs> Uh, the Christian shoemaker does his mm. Christian duty not by putting little crosses on the shoes, right. but by making good shoes yeah. because God is interested in good craftsmanship. Yeah. So we're imaging him not with just our pithy Christianese, mm-hmm. but in what we actually live out and yeah. do. Yeah. We talked about this in hospitality. You know, we had a um, covenant affirmation service yesterday, added new members, and celebrated that with a family meal afterwards, just mm-hmm. enjoying the good gifts of That's why God's we brought community. McNuggets. I appreciate it. Pastor Rusty showed up with like several <laughs> several After boxes th- of chicken nuggets. 300 pages of Joel South and being like, folks, this ain't normal. I'm like, here you go. Here's some, some clown nuggets. The, the kids loved it, man. That was for them. You put it down. I, I started, Matt and I actually grabbed like a handful right away and just started <laughs> snacking. Yeah, I was, I was, I was there for it for sure. When you when you pair McDonald's chicken nuggets with some Chick Fil A sauce, you yeah. can redeem that pagan chicken or honey from McDonald's with some good um, baptizing, them. <laughs> <laughs> anointing them in Chick Fil A sauce and the Lord's chicken sauce. So, just a pro tip for you there. Well, you to your point of crunch. hospitality, like I list off, you know all the things that I did and an astute person would be like, Hmm, there's no people up in that. Right. <laughs> right. A bunch of things. Russ. Yeah. This, this same principle though carries over into relationships. Right. How do I start to see God in other people? How do I image the father to people? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what, that's what I was saying and, and building up to, until I got hijacked by your chicken nuggets. So it sound really good right now. Um, no, you're good. It's a good deal, dude. It is a good deal. If you use man. the app, you get like twenty or thirty percent oh, off man, too. I know. I'm gonna have to get some on the way home. It doesn't help that there's a McDonald's like literally a stone's throw from the building. <laughs> anyway, uh, this idea that Christians uh, have really neglected. So let's take hospitality. They've neglected hospitality because we actually don't believe. It's not just about believing that there is a God, but who is that God mm-hmm. and who is that God said He is. So again. God is a God of community. We see that in the Trinity. The only thing he said wasn't good was Adam was alone. We see the hospitable nature of our God. We see it all Mm -hmm. throughout the Old Testament. Specific commands. We see in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And so what we do often is we say, well, I believe in God, but we don't live in a way that actually displays who God is. So therefore, it's easy believism and false conversions. Um, And who are you to say that I'm not a Christian? Um because we're actually not truly believing that he exists. Yeah, if I read the room right, that's where I got the most nods of like, you're supposed to be able to look at us and know who our God is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we should, this should be evident. And so that means- For those of you that always need a chapter and verse, that comes from 1 John. There you go. They will know, <laughs> they will know who he is by our love for one another. Yeah, and that's a verse we've been walking through. So it's not just the hospitality piece that we should be uh, engaging in, but like Luther's quote, we're going to seek to to throw the best parties, mm-hmm. to make the best barbecue and give it yeah. to our neighbors, right? Like we want to be the house on the block where like all the little pagan kids are like, I want to go to their house. 
that up until I guess this past Friday, that was our house for Halloween. So there you go. We're gonna have to work that out at the new property. <laughs> we're trying to decide if we're gonna tell the new people or not. But like, just so you know, there's gonna be a lot of people that are hungry that show up. <laughs> <laughs> and we told them to come to your house. Hey, you should pass the torch to them. Yeah. So we are giving you the the ceremonial hot dog pot. You're the hot dog house for the hot dogs for Halloween. Okay. Yeah. So that, yeah, we because why do we believe that though? And why, why would we engage in that? Because we believe and know because God has told us and shown us that he is not just hospitable, but he has given us his best, mm-hmm. right? He is, he has given us his only begotten son and he gives his best. And so that's why we don't put crosses on shoes. We make good shoes, mm-hmm. right? And, and I, I think it's always been important for Christians to do that. And we've neglected that in our culture for many reasons that we can talk about on King's table. Um, (laughs) but I think that is going to be incredibly important moving forward. Well, so taking, and this should be a regular practice too, is taking all the vertical verses in scripture and trying to apply them horizontally. Mm -hmm. So if, if we seek God, right. And he rewards us with himself, Mm -hmm. then as we engage with other people, we essentially reward them with a sanctified you, Hmm. right you have something to offer in the fact that you are being sanctified set apart for holy use and imaged after jesus christ right as you engage with relationship with people that's a reward yeah so not to puff you up too much but your your own special gift to people this is in this way right right not in the way that the culture is saying that i am special or this is the way that i give people myself my authentic self no one wants your authentic self right no because your authentic self is is sinful. It's an arrogant, murdering liar. Exactly, and we've made the mistake in our culture, in in the um, you know the churchianity, Christianity that we see rampant in the Western world, in the big evangelical world, is God accepts you just the way you are. That's not true. That is a lie. God accepts you in spite of who you are, mm-hmm. and never promises to just sit with you in the dirt. Mm-hmm. And the reason that believers should be and those who are actually walking in faith for repentance are unique and do cause human flourishing to to their pagan neighbors is because they are what human beings were intended to be yes right well because you bring god to them exactly yeah so yeah you're the you're the reward because you're bringing god to them exactly yeah, and so you are a piece and a slice of heaven on earth, which well, is when's what. When's the last she, time you heard that in evangelism class? <laughs> exactly, and, and and which what is that's what we should be striving for because that's what Jesus said we should pray for, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, as it is in heaven, yep. right? I mean, Paul gives. Uh, I think it's. Um, I can't remember which church it is. Crap, just left my mind. But basically, a small town um, that was a little picture and a little slice of, um, it'll come to me at like one o'clock in the morning tonight, a little picture and a little slice of Rome, right? And his message of the church is when when people are around you, they should get a little taste of what it's like to be in the presence of the Most High God, Mm -hmm. right? With all of its beauty and all of its goodness, right? So those who... Those who come to the Lord must believe that He exists, mm-hmm. and 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 when we, when we walk in sin, tell me what you think of this. When we walk in sin, we are 
um, maybe not consciously thinking of this, but we are denying the fact that God exists, mm-hmm. right? So you know, Proverbs, what is it? Proverbs fifteen three: the eyes of the Lord are in every place, mm-hmm. beholding the evil and the good. So when I know that, I believe that, because I know that's what God has said in his word, mm-hmm. and I choose to go ahead and walk in blatant rebellion and sin, I am saying God doesn't exist, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that that was the... Sin of the garden, that's the temptation that we have. That's the quote that I gave towards the end. Um, right. To a- abandon faith is to behave as though God were not there. Right. Yeah. Now, but to your point, um, that that's why there's technically five different sacrifices, but two of those, one is for intentional sin and one mm-hmm. is for unintentional sin. Yeah. And you got to do both. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. So let's, let's end it out with, uh, you talked about... Um, to walk with God, we must draw near at every opportunity. Mm-hmm. And what does that um, what does that look like? What are some very practical, granular things that we can do? You gave some things in your message, but uh, what are some pe- things that people can grab a hold of even this week to do so? Yeah, man, this is this is landing in that drawing near. I really want you to take advantage of that phrase because it's the last time in Hebrews that you'll see it. Hmm. Um, and and he's been pushing it so much the this aspect of drawing near is an uninterrupted communion with him mm. and there's hey because I've, I've heard it you know from from different people in the church i've heard it from my spouse i've heard it from me <laughs> that the question of like on the sabbath like can you read like fiction <laughs> can you can, can you watch football can you I watch lots of YouTube. That's most of my TV. Mm-hmm. Can I watch woodworking videos? Can I watch, you know, jujitsu videos? Is that, is that restful in God mm-hmm. is the question, right? Well, so how do I rest in God when I'm not worshiping with the saints or reading my Bible mm-hmm. or praying, right? If those are my three streams of grace, how do I stay in grace when I'm not in one of those particular three streams? And that's that's this drawing near. That's the relational aspect of who God is. And if you don't believe he exists, you cannot be in relationship with him. Mm. I can maintain, and I know women and men are, are different at this, but like for me as a man, I don't have to be in constant contact with other guys sure. to maintain relationship with them. Right now, deeper relationship, sure, we have to you know have frequency of communication, but but it's not all the time, mm-hmm. right? We have the opportunity, particularly because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, to be in constant communion with God, mm-hmm. processing all of life through what has God said about this. Yeah. So when when my children sin against me, I remember that I did the same thing to God. How did God treat me? Yeah. I can treat them the same way. Mm-hmm. When my spouse sins against me, I say, how have I done this to her? How have I done this to God? How did God treat me? I can respond the same way. I don't have to respond in anger. I don't have to get bitter. I don't have to do these things. I can respond as the Lord responds to me. Yeah. For my kids, discipline comes along with it, right? That's Hebrews 12. That's a loving father. If I withhold it, I'm hating my children, mm-hmm. right? God has said something about all of the relational aspects of your life and your home. Mm-hmm. He has said something about all of the relational aspects about your work, right? There's, there's not a lot of question. Right, and you're saying too that he's he's not just 
got something to say about how those things should go, but he commands. He's commanded and he's done it for you. The way those things should go, yeah. And I think the biggest problem, as I have counseled people before, is like you don't reflect about how God has treated you. Mm. You know he saved you and that's it. So he threw the life jacket out to you or he went and got you whatever picture you want, you know, out of the water. Right. But that's that's not all. Right. Like he has done a lot more for you. Right. So if you don't know how God has responded to you when you've reviled his name, when you've used his name in vain and profaned it, acted as if it was mundane and doesn't matter, right? right? When you neglect the saints, when you're selfish and you take care of yourself before loving your neighbor. When you neglect generosity to your church and barely give 10%. Yeah. Um, and aren't aren't radically generous in biblical proportions with the, with the saints, it's because you do not understand the lavish generosity that God has given Because of what he's you. done for you. Because Paul says he became poor that by his poverty you might become rich. Mm-hmm. And take that and apply it now to yep. anything, right? And it's because it, there's always a vertical relationship issue that affects, mm-hmm. right, my horizontal. But it's it's limited by most people to just salvation. Yeah. Yeah, and that matters. <laughs> yeah, it, the uh, the constant fellowship makes me think of First Thessalonians. You know, Paul says, um, "Pray without ceasing." Um, the idea behind that, I heard a, a an old preacher say one time, is like uh, a cough that you can't get rid of. <laughs> like that kind of you know, you take that deep breath and it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, and I remember that distinctly. Him in the microphone <laughs> for a long time till it was awkward. Yeah, and he said, "That's." He's like, in country Greek, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what he's saying. Yeah. That it's a constant thing mm-hmm. that you 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 can't go without the cough, right? Like it's something that's always a constant perpetual thing that's just present with you like that. Um, I it, think that describes most of what we see from David, right? Mm-hmm. That seems to describe this man after God's own heart, mm-hmm. even inside of his sin. Yeah. Right? You, you see him neglect this and act as if God's not there. Yeah. True. And then how does he respond when he is brought back into fellowship? Yeah. Right. But, you know, it's this, I meditate on your, Matt used that right for benediction. I think, um, you meditate on the law. Yeah. You take the word with you. Yeah, you Psalm have one. this with you yeah. all the time. Yeah. And meditate on it day and night, mm-hmm. right? Ponder it upon your bed. Um, and it makes me think about, uh, growing up. I would, I spent a lot of time with my dad growing up in a close relationship with my dad and, I remember this idea of like constant fellowship um, being like driving to the church with my dad because I would go and I started by vacuuming the floors <laughs> and then answering the phones. And then as I was discipled and trained in ministry, you know, having more pastoral responsibilities there. But so we rode to work together when, yeah. in the early years. That's awesome. Um, and even when you know, I had my own car and when moved out, if I, you know, wanted to ride with that, if I could at all possible. And I remember times when we would talk about a variety of things. Mm-hmm. And then I remember times where we would just sit. My dad's a quiet man, you know, and we would just sit and not say a word. You know, it was about a 25 minute drive mm-hmm. to the church building. And I've always thought of that in my relationship to my heavenly father, mm-hmm. that, that we are in constant fellowship with him. And there may not be a lot of chatter, necessarily but being in the presence of my father my earthly father affected what i thought what i said what mm-hmm. i did not just in a like my dad's here so i better not step out of line <laughs> right like i thought i've told people before like 
how would you behave if one of your elders was with you 24-7 <laughs> and monitored like your bank account and your purchases and your internet browsing and mm-hmm. got to see how you interacted with your spouse, right? Yeah. Not just in that sense, like, oh, God's going to smack me if I don't do the right thing, but in a, in a joyful sense. like a helper sense. In a helper sense that my, my father is here. Like, he is wiser. He, is, he, he knows more, and, and I can rely upon him. There's a protection here. Yeah. So that's the kind of fellowship we're talking about, mm-hmm. right? It, it, we think, like, what does that mean? Like, it means I got to, like, be, like, on my face 24 hours a day, like a monk praying and chanting. Yeah. Like, no, you go about your day in constant fellowship, and mm-hmm. what you put your hand to is for the Lord. And as you run into problems and if you lack wisdom, ask. He is there. Yeah. Yeah. Diligently seek him. Not just seek him, but diligently seek him. I mean, in keeping with his promise, he's never going to leave you or forsake you. Yeah. Right? He's with you. Yeah. Yeah. Read Packers Knowing God. Read Desiring God. Um, Read Praying with Paul. Like Mm. these things help you understand the relationship that you're in. Yeah. No, some of the time, uh, I'll have to tell you the story about that verse when I first met Bryn Mm. and I was like, I like this girl. I think I'll marry this girl. Um, but she thought I was a jerk. (laughs) I don't know why. Um, a rebel with a cause. uh, Exactly. And, uh, God, uh, spoke some things to me through that verse. Um, I'd say in, in many ways he's rewarded me (laughs) as I diligently saw him. (laughs) (laughs) The time for that now, we'll talk about that some other time. So (laughs) thanks, Pastor Russ. Uh, Thank you for bringing the word to us. We hope these these things have been helpful for you guys. We're excited to continue to march through Hebrews. And as always, we want you to go and know and love and obey Jesus as the Lord.